For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are entering the Royals Podcast Network. We're definitely going to win a world championship somewhere down the road, real, you know, in the next couple of years. If you were anything like me, that felt like a hollow promise. An injection of false hope to a downtrodden fan base. I've been a Royals fan my whole life, but there was a time when it felt like all tunnel and no light. Then came this team. It is the goofiest baseball season I can remember. Then came the wild card. The pitch. Swing and a ground ball to third and fair! ALDS. Now the Angels are down to their last strike. The crowd says it all. The next pitch, the crowd will tell you what happened. Struck him out swinging, just for the record. So the Royals have eliminated the Angels. They will now move on to play Baltimore. We had bought in. It felt like no one could stop us. With each win, the confidence grew. This team had it all. Pitching. The pitch. Swing and a miss, and he went back to the changeup again. The one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. He got him with a fastball. Crowd roaring as the count goes for one and two on left-handed hitting Ryan Flaherty. Largest pitch. Strike three call. Defense. Mustakis to the railing of the dugout suite. Reaching over the railing. He caught it. And he falls into the suite. Little looper into left center field. Kane dives, and he caught it. Swing and a fly ball right center field. Back goes Aoki with Kane, both at the wall, and the ball, is it caught by Aoki? It is. Hardy hits a drive into deep left. Back goes Gordon all the way to the fence. Reaches up and makes a nice catch. Bangs into the wall, hangs onto it, and holds the glove aloft with the baseball therein. And another Baltimore Oriole frustrated by Royals defense. Timely hitting. And a ground ball fair pass first up the right field line. And Escobar with a double to drive in the lead run. Swing and a high fly ball. And gone. Mike Moustakis. And the Royals have taken the lead. And O'Day's 1-1 pitch. Alex swings and belts it to deep right field. It is gone. And the Royals have the lead in the 10th inning. And even a few tricks up their sleeve. Now Butler runs, the pitch is a strike, Billy is safe. Billy Butler steals second base. If you're looking for a sign, there it is. Then came game four. Gonzalez comes set, brings it home. 
And a bouncing ball pierced the first baseman going to come home. And the ball gets away from the catcher. Escobar scores. Aoki racing home. He will score. Osmer ends up in second. We had our lead. The out slowly ticking away. Royals are nine outs away now on defense from advancing to the World Series and sweeping the Orioles in the ALCS. Bouncing ball third, backhand Moustakas. Long throw, got him. And the Royals are within three outs of the 2014 World Series. All right, folks, fasten your seatbelts. Two to one Royals, ninth inning. And Greg Holland about to face the three top hitters in the Baltimore batting order. Adam Jones, Nelson Cruz, Delman Young. Then plan came together. Bouncing ball, Moustakis, fair ball, sets, throws, Royals win it! Kansas City, you've got a World Series. you believe you're standing here? Yeah, Ernie, I believe Dayton and I have been planning this for five years. For one night, 29 years of heartache was washed away. The special thing about this today is that each and every one of these guys have worked so hard to bring a championship to our city and to you, our fans. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your wonderful support. Thank you for being behind us. This is for you. This is our city. This is our team. Let's go reclaim the crown. Welcome into a World Series edition of the Pine Tar Podcast. We have come to you in good times and bad, and uh, I think it's safe to say that this is the best time we've ever come to you. As with the Royals as American League champions on their way to the World Series, we're going to break down break down the first couple games of the series, talk a little bit about this team, maybe uh, maybe talk about hairstyles. Who knows? Um, just just going to be. A lot of fun. I'm super excited to be talking about a World Series team. I haven't I haven't come down from my high of uh, what was it Wednesday night. Oh man, such a oh so so amazing. Um, if you're a first time listener, thanks for joining us. I am David Lesky. Clint Scholes is also with us. Uh, so let's say hey to Clint right now. What's up, Clint? How are you? I am jacked up and ready to go. This is going to be the greatest week of our life in Royals baseball. Oh yeah, it's oh I, I I've been listening to I'm not a rap fan I mean I don't there's some rap I like there's some rap I don't like but I've been listening to We Ready on like a loop for the last like four days and now I go to sleep and I hear We Ready I just hear that in my head all all the time and I, I just pumps me up so much oh I'm ready I'm ready yeah it's I'm driving up to the house tonight and they started playing Royals by Lord because. Uh, they were talking about no San Francisco. They're not going to play it for oh, like, yeah. <laughs> the series. So. You know what I want to do? I want to call into a San Francisco talk radio station and try to like try to use uh, text from the from the lyrics in my speech and just be <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you look at a guy like Michael Morris and I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. 
and <laughs> just see what they do. See how long it takes before before they hang up on me and cut me off. I don't know. Maybe maybe that'll be my project for tomorrow. There you go, a little uh, <laughs> Baba Booey on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man, man, it's I'm very excited. I was in San Antonio. I'm actually, my plane touched down right when Holland got the last out. Oh really? Yeah. So I missed all the action there, but. Uh, Actually, no, I was landing in Houston, and I was walking through the airport to my connection flight, and I was, like, in tears because <laughs> I was so excited. Oh, man. This team finally clinched to make it to the World Series. It was let – me, let me, let, let's talk about that for a second. So I'm at the game with my dad because who better to share it with, right? And uh, I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it. So Holland walks Adam Jones, which – how hard is it to walk Adam Jones? And they did it twice in a game. Anyway, so he walks Adam Jones, and then he gets the ground ball from Nelson Cruz that he almost throws in the center field. But as soon as Escobar saves it and the outs recorded, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, and I told this story, so I apologize if, if listeners have heard this before. But I don't think you have, Clint. Um, so I'm thinking to myself, all right, this is over. The Royals win. I, I, I know that there's still two outs to go, but they're going to do it. And as I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm like envisioning the celebration on the field. I, I can literally see like Perez jump into Holland's arms and I can just see it all in my head and I start to well up. And I don't know if you've ever cried at a baseball game, but it's a very odd feeling uh, because there were still two outs to go. I mean, there was plenty of plenty of game left. A lot of things could have happened. It was a two to one game. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the Royals were up 10 to one or 11, nothing in game seven of the world series or anything. And so, uh, it was dumb and young next, and, and Greg Holland gets the strikeout. And at this point, I went from being sure that they were going to win to being sure they were going to win. And the tears start streaming down my face, and I've just got this big, goofy smile on my face. And, and then that ground ball to third. Well, first of all, the foul tip at home plate, I thought it was over, and I started crying right then and there. I, I composed <laughs> myself. Because from my angle, you couldn't see the ball, and I thought it, I was sure it was anyway. So the ground ball hits, and it was so cool, and, and I don't know if you've heard that video on Deadspin that has the crowd noise from outside. Yeah, seen that? yeah, I've yeah. watched that. So it's crazy because, and if you're the, if, for those listening, if you were there, you'll know what I'm talking about. It, it feels like everybody when Mike when that ground ball was hit, everybody kind of went, "Shh, let Mustakas field this," and then and then as soon as the ball hit Hosmer's glove, Hosmer jumps in the air. It's a complete party, and I'm I'm in the stands. Like laughing maniacally and bawling like a two-year-old <laughs> simultaneously. It was, I, 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 I just couldn't, I couldn't process it all. And it's funny because I recorded the game not because I want to rewatch the game, but because I wanted to rewatch the last out 155,000 times. And just for the record, it's Monday night we're recording. I still cry at the last out when I'm watching it. I watched a, a little bit before we we recorded here, and. I mean, I still well up with tears. I don't know at what point I will stop. I imagine if they win the World Series, I think winning the American League will become small enough that I won't cry anymore. But I'll cry at the World Series out final out for probably the next fifty years. So, yeah, it, man, you know, we we talk about. I'm not a very big proponent of saying we when talking about a team because, truthfully, what do we do? I mean. Oh, yeah, we won. No, we didn't win. The Royals won. I was there to watch it, and that was pretty cool. But in a way, I feel like we we did something. We endured. You know, we, we 
we dealt with Royals baseball, and I'm talking the getting made fun of on Jay Leno Royals baseball. We we dealt with Kerry Robinson climbing the wall only to have the ball fall on the warning track. We dealt with Ken Harvey getting trapped behind the tarp. We dealt with Mark Redman in the All-Star game. Um, we dealt with batting order, batting, batting out of order. We dealt with Angel Burrow. We dealt with Unieski Betancourt. So, yeah, I think in a way we did it. We came through, and I, and I think every every fan of the Royals, whether you became a fan last year, two years ago, 40 years ago, 70 years ago, we've all earned this. And it, it's pretty cool. It, it, it's, it's almost like, hey, by the way, guys, thanks for sticking it out. We're going to reward you with the biggest sack of gold you've ever seen. It, it's just been absolutely phenomenal. Sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but it's, it's, it's been such a cool week. No, you're exactly right. And I think, uh, I think this team just gets it. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because Dayton and JJ and, and all the staff – made them when they were younger learn about the history of this team or what. But at some point in this year, they just got it. They figured out that this is about the fans and we want to include the fans. And they've done everything right in the, since about late July. I mean, they had some hiccups in September, but they've done just done everything right and they continue to do everything right with including the fans and bringing the fans in on this. And man, if if they get that fourth win in the World Series, I don't. I feel sorry for the security guards. It'll be they'll there'll be no way. I, I can't imagine the fans being able to stay off the field if they would win that series in Kansas City. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. And you know, let's talk a little bit about Ned Yost. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was on in Lawrence today, and. I was asked about Ned Yost. Has he gotten better? Is it just the winds talking? And and I think it's a little of both, personally. But one thing that I mentioned, and I think this is very true, part of why it's so, I don't want to, fun probably isn't the right word, but I think it's fun for people. Part of why it's fun to tweet Yosted and, and just rag on Ned Yost is because he's not very likable. It's very easy to dislike Ned Yost. And if you saw the the awards presentation when they when they got the American League Championship trophy and I'm going to come back to Jackie Autry in a minute that bitch um but if you saw that awards ce- celebration and you heard Ned Yost the guy got choked up talking about the fans I mean he may be bristly and 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 hard to talk to and and give short answers and and se- seem really rude but you know what he gets it and He's done a great job managing this postseason. And then he went out there and he gave. I mean, I, I, if you weren't in tears already from watching your team clinch the American League, hearing Ned Yost, his voice crack, just start to start to lose it a little bit on that podium, that, that should have gotten you because that was very, very cool. And, and I, I, you're right. I think this, this team, more than any other team, seems to get it. And they seem to understand that it's, it's about them, yes, but it's also about the last 20 years of crappy baseball history. It's about fans who have stuck it out. And you know what? People talk about, oh, they only drew 13,000 in August on a contending team and, and blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah, you know, it would have been nice to see more fans out there. But after what this team has done, 
to the to the fan base. After what this organization has done to the fan base, the fact that they drew 1.95 million fans, yes, in a playoff season, and the season ultimately ended up as a World Series season. The fact that these fans are still there says everything. And the players understand it, the organization understands it, and it's very cool the way that they have incorporated the fans. Well, they drew 13,000 because they don't have a season ticket base. Because of and all and the, that, that's nobody all seems the, to understand that, but yes. Yeah, I mean, they've had one winning season in, in, in so many years. I mean, obviously, their, tech, their ticket base isn't going to be that strong. But there's winning that, that, teams that's that how the, That's how the Tigers get... Right, that's how they get 30 on a Tuesday night because they have a season ticket base of 30,000. Yeah, that, that's, and that's just those, those radio hosts and just not understanding that Kansas City's a smaller market and last year was a kind of a surprise to a lot of people that they actually had a winning season, and so their base still wasn't strong. Next year, their lowest total will probably be 22,000 or something. Yeah, because they're going to get crazy season tickets. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where their season tickets are at right now, but they are just ringing the cash register, I'm sure, because this team, the city has fallen in love with Royals baseball again, and the the team has fallen in love with their fans again, and, and, and even a sweep by the Giants will not end that. No, I, I mean, this World Series, I think if it was the Cardinals, it would be a different story, but... This World Series could end in the most gruesome way possible, and everybody would—you'd never forget the 2014 season. It—it's it, just—it's a magical run, and yeah, it's just—it—it's awesome. I mean, I—I I, can't—I can't put into words anything more than it's awesome because that's what it is. It's fantastic. It's just—it's just so damn cool. I—I I love it. I can't. I can't get enough of it. I, I'm disappointed that this season has to end, but hopefully it ends with four more Royals wins. Totally, totally. I'm right there with you. But uh, let's kind of get with the series, Dave, and talk about the matchup with these Giants. I think after that, uh, after the Giants win in Game Four, it was definitely looking like this was going to be the series. I think that was the pivotal game where the Cardinals kind of went all in lost then Bumgarner finished it off in five so what do you think of this matchup for the Royals obviously the Royals swept them in the regular season but you can kind of toss that out right now what do you think well I think the two teams are pretty evenly matched it's they're very similar the Giants are kind of a hybrid of the Angels and Orioles to me um you look up and down the Giants lineup and they're similar to the Angels in that they have a lot of really decent hitters. Um, the difference is they don't have a Mike Trout, which the Royals are able to neutralize that. Um, they do have Buster Posey, who's probably 80% of a Mike Trout offensively. Um, but up and down the lineup, it, it's solid hitter after solid hitter. They do everything pretty well. Um, and the pitch, the rotation reminds me more of Baltimore in that they're solid, but there's nobody who you look at other than Bumgarner and you say, oh, yeesh, we have to face him. Um, Bumgarner is the one guy, and I think he could be the difference maker in the whole series because the Royals don't have that one guy. Um, James Shields has has struggled a little bit this postseason, and we learned today that maybe it was because he was pitching with a kidney stone, which, Jesus, man, you're pitching with a kidney stone? Man, um, God, that's, that's pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, some serious stones there, no pun intended. But 
maybe James Shields is that guy now that he's not pitching with a giant boulder inside of him. Um, but Madison Bumgarner concerns me in this series. Now, I think you get past Bumgarner, and, and it's not nothing too scary. I mean, Jake Peavy was outstanding after coming over from the Red Sox this season. But, I mean, let's be real. Is that Jake Peavy? I mean, is he that good of a pitcher? I don't think so. I mean, he's a guy who who struggled for... He, he was pretty average for the last four or five seasons, and the Royals have had no problem hitting him historically. And I, I, I don't I don't see a huge concern with him. They face Tim Hudson, who's solid. But, I mean, what is he, Jeremy Guthrie, probably, at this point? The difference is he gets grounders, Guthrie gives up fly balls. But with these two parks they're playing in, you know, the, San Francisco get, gives up some home runs, and, and that park gives up some home runs in the daytime, but every game is going to be played at night. Um. I don't see a huge a huge issue there for the Royals. And then Ryan Vogelsong, if he pitches in the fourth game, he's he's not very good. I mean, really, I it's pretty evenly matched outside of the first game. In the first game, James Shields has the ability to match Madison Bumgarner, no questions asked. And, you know, we, we talked off air, I talked about this in the series preview. The shiny ERAs on the Giants are a little bit of a are, are a little bit misleading because they are a result of where the Giants play. And I'm talking not just stadium, but I'm talking league and division. You know, Madison Bumgarner has a 2.98 ERA this year. That's good for a 117 ERA plus. James Shields' ERA was 3.21, and his ERA plus was 124. I'm not saying Shields is the better pitcher because I think Bumgarner is, and he especially turns it up in the playoffs. 15 shutout innings in the World Series in his career, but. I mean, it's not like Madison Bumgarner. People talk about him now like he's Randy Johnson in his prime, and he's not. He's hittable. The Royals have hit him. They they scored four runs off him in eight innings in August in Kansas City, and he he's a good pitcher. He's an excellent pitcher. He's probably the best pitcher in the series. But I I think that he can be beaten. And if, if we talked about this off air too, and I totally agree with your statement, you said that if the Royals beat Bumgarner, you, you could see this series going very easily for the Royals. And I think you're right. The key is game one and get out to a fast start. It's not just because it's game one, but because once you get past Bumgarner, you have some more hittable pitchers to face. And I think that really helps the Royals. I'm in total agreement with what everything you said. The, I think if you look at that series with the Cardinals, the Giants won with a very Royal-esque game plan. They t- got on base and they took they got errors. Errors scored their yeah. runs. They didn't hit the ball out of the yard. They've they've hit uh, five postseason home runs. The Royals have well more than that. I mean, Bumgarner. He was, Mike Mustakis almost has more than that. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, Bumgarner was great in that first game of the series, but not so in the last game of it. Cardinals knocked him around pretty well. I mean, they hit some balls on the screws against him. He looked a little bit tired at the time. It's. Peavy's got more walks than strikeouts and his starts in the playoffs. Hudson's not fooling anybody. The Royals just got to play their game plan, take care of the ball, and I think they'll be fine. I, I really do. I think as long as they don't let the moment get bigger than them, then they will be fine. They're the better defensive team, and the Giants, that's how they win. The Giants aren't going to come in and just pummel this team offensively. They don't, they don't have a guy with over a 900 OPS in the playoffs with over four at-bats. And the Royals have, what, they got two, three guys? I mean, so the Royals are the better offensive club, in in my mind, 
the way Hosmer's hitting, because I think Hosmer can match Posey. And defensively, they're the better club, and they got the better bullpen. I'd say starting pitching, I kind of lean Royals, but I could see the other, I can see kind of leaning Giants just because Bumgarner. But yeah, I think I think the Royals are the better team here. And if they lose, I won't be shocked, but I will be a mildly surprised. Yeah, I think you're right. And one one key point, the Giants scored 11 of their 24 runs uh, in the NLCS in the sixth inning and on. I don't see that happening against the Royals. That's not a strategy they want to employ. I'll guarantee that. And people right. can talk about that they hit 95-plus mile-per-hour fastball so well. That's fine. All right, Carlos Martinez and Trevor Rosenthal, they're good relievers. They're very good relievers. But they are not what the Royals are going to be tossing at them. I mean, no, there's Mar- a difference between Trevor Rosenthal and Wade Davis, Greg Holland, Kelvin Herrera, Brandon Finnegan, Jason Fraser even. Truthfully, Fraser's... A- I, I think people might argue with this, but I think Jason Fraser probably could close on the Cardinals. Well, the way I mean, Rosenthal they, they would, pitched they down They wouldn't close this, with him, but he could. Yeah, Rosen, the way Rosenthal pitched down the stretch and pitched most of the year, he was putting a lot of runners on for the most part of the year this year. And that's something that these Royals, these Royals relievers don't do. They're not a bunch of Broxtons out there. You know? No, and, and you're not going to have the defensive miscues. And yeah, there were only two unearned runs. Uh, but, you know, a play like in Game 5 when Matt Adams threw to the, the wrong base, the Royals don't make mistakes like that. No. And they're going to – I think that if, if, if that – it's so hard to say this, but if, if the Royals were the Cardinals in the NLCS – I think the Royals probably sweep that series because they're not going to make the silly mistakes the Cardinals did defensively. They're not going to give up 11 runs from the sixth inning on in five games. I mean, I, I, I'd be curious. I'd have to look. How many, how many runs the Royals given up in the sixth inning on in their last 25 games? I, I imagine probably not 11. Uh, they had I mean, maybe 21 games this year where those three pitched and didn't allow a run. Right. It, it, it's <laughs> unreal. And, and the ability to use them every single day day in the playoffs, it makes the Royals and an Orioles executive, I, I read somewhere that he said it's unfair. It, obviously he knows it's fair because they did what they can, but he's right. It's unfair to the opponents. What are you supposed to do? If you don't have a lead after five against the Royals in the playoffs, you're screwed. You are. You're really fighting an uphill battle. And Bruce Bochy knows it. He was standing on, the Royals were playing game four. He was standing on the field with Buster only. I heard this on the Buster's podcast today, and he said, "Oh man, here comes that bullpen." And he knows he there. I would expect that the Giants go onto an attack mode in this series because let's face it, Bochi is a very very good playoff manager. So I would expect an attack mode out of the Giants. Maybe it's some some uncharacteristic stolen bases. They don't steal a lot of bases, and maybe some hitting and running, doing some things that are out of character because they do not want to be trailing going into the sixth inning. And yeah, and I think the Royals use that to their advantage because they're they're probably they're going to be swing happy early, I would imagine. Um, you know that that's that's a team that they know they can't not score early. If they don't score early, they're not scoring late. And I I, I could see Ventura, I could see getting in trouble with this because I feel like his command is is shaky at times. But a smart pitcher like James Shields, I could see him going seven or eight 
in game one because he's only got 92 pitches because the Giants are just jumping on everything. I just like Shields against the Giants because it's more of a balanced lineup. They're not going to – you don't beat Shields by loading up with lefties. You right. know, you've got to put some right-handed sticks. That's why I think the, the, skull, the stone played into it. But I think the Orioles having a primarily right-handed lineup helped too. I think that's oh, yeah. how you beat James Shields is you got to have some right-hand thump. And they've got, you know, they got Posey in there. But the rest of their thump is Sandoval, Belt, and some lefties. And, and they'll give you a little thump. Yeah. Right so, but, yeah. And, so that's, uh, <clears throat> I think, I just like how that lines up very well with, for Shields is facing a few more lefties. You can go to that changeup more often. Yeah. I think I think Shields is going to pitch well. I, I, I really feel that he... I think he's a good matchup for him. He shut him out earlier this year, so it's he, it's shown to be a good matchup for him. My concern is that I think Bumgarner's going to have a really good game too. And so the question is, is this a one nothing type game? And do the Royals scratch the one run across? Um, well, the thing I like for the Royals side is this game is in Kansas City, and they get to employ the DH, so Billy will be playing. And that Billy, that helps a lot. Yeah. yeah, and Billy, you know, he's only faced him three times, but he was two for three with a home run. So he showed his ability to hit him. I think the Cardinals showed that you can get after him, especially if you tack early in the count. Colton Wong was swinging really hard, and he was making good contact on him. Um, The center fielder, John Jay, he had some really good at-bats against Baumgartner. So he's shown himself to be vulnerable as well. It's just if Hosmer can do what he's been doing, and take good plate approaches, then I think they'll have some success. Not a lot, but I don't think well, here, it takes a lot to win. Here's what I see in, in this game. The Royals need four guys to step up offensively. doesn't really matter who they are. They need four guys. Um, they can get by with three if they bunch them together. But if you, I, I think you could see a really good game from the three, four, five, and then maybe... Uh, maybe Infante even. He was he was actually swinging the bat better in the in the ALCS. He was hitting some line drives, and he's had a few days off now. Maybe that shoulder's feeling a little bit better. Look, I, I'm not a huge Infante. Infante's guy. had good success on Baumgartner. He, yeah, great success. Um, I, I'm not a huge Infante fan. I think if you follow me on Twitter, you know that. But I also know he's better than this. I know the reason he's been struggling is because of his shoulder injury. I think that's a big part of it. I know that's a big part of it. So, you know, I, I don't... I don't see a reason why maybe maybe a few days off really helps that shoulder. He was hitting line drives. He was getting on base in the ALCS. If they can if they can string together some hits, and that's what they have to do to score. That's what they've always had to do to score. I don't see why they can't push across three runs. And I and I, I just feel like three runs is going to be enough in this one because I think James Shields is going to pitch a fantastic game. Yeah, I think this game one is about first team to three runs is going to win it. I think uh, the running game's not going to play a factor. We know how Shields holds runners and then Bumgarner is very good at holding runners teams don't run well against him so it's not going to be a big factor in this in the game one unless the bullpens get involved earlier and uh well I should say the Giants bullpen the the running game is not going to be a factor regardless of who's out there for the Royals it's right. never been a factor so it's uh all about it's all about getting Bumgarner out. If you can get him out before the seventh, man, you're living, you're living pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's a guy who goes deep. I mean, even in Kansas city in August, and it's a different story, obviously in the regular season compared to the world series, but 
he struggled and he went eight innings. Mm-hmm. He threw a complete game. And yeah, it's you know, it's one of those one of those things. And I think that uh I think we'll see I think we'll see a good a good matchup and I think the Royals are gonna win it. I really do. Yeah, hey, I'm right there with you. It's uh I I've got I said the Royals in six, but I really that was I'm kinda hedging my bet there at six. I really think that if they can take game one, I I love their chances at at getting this series over with quickly. Man, how crazy would it be if they swept this one too? That would be absolutely bonkers. What's it, it takes two wins to break the record? Yeah, if they start off two and zero, they have the record. That that would be amazing. So okay, let me ask you this. Now that I mean, just thinking about this, what do you think a loss does to the Royals if they lose a game? I think it, I think it'll put some fear into them. Yeah, this is a team that hasn't really trailed, let alone lose a game in the playoffs. And it matters how they lose it. If they, the big thing is they can't be tight. They can't play tight. They played so loose in these playoffs, and they've made all the right plays. They just can't play tight and make an error. I think. I think you've seen it with Detroit a couple years, a few years ago. One error leads to two, two leads. I think it comes in bunches in the World Series, and that's where I they got to play clean baseball at least in Game One. If they can yeah. play clean baseball, then I think they can win. Maybe they drop a close one, but I think they'll be okay. But if they make an error or two, that's when it gets scary. I think. Yeah, I, you know this is not. This is not a team that's experienced that does well with experiencing failure. It seems like once they kind of get off the rails, they really get off the rails, and they they are they do have time to write. They have righted themselves throughout this season. You know, they were down in the division seven games and eight games and two separate stops and got back to first place both times, but they don't have that kind of time in the World Series. No, so I, I think uh, I think they this team has shown what they can do. When full concentration levels at the plate. Yeah. It's been scary good. <laughs> well, that's what's crazy. Their patience. I mean, we've talked about this, but you kind of get angry at, at this team because it's like, where was this all season long? And I, you're right. When, when, they're, when they're really doing everything, they're working walks. They're hitting for some power in the last two games notwithstanding. Um, and they're just really... They're really getting getting after it on uh, in the batter's box, and I think that I think that's going to continue in this series. I just don't see a reason why the Royals are going to lose concentration in the World Series because what we we joke about these guys, but and we've talked about this on the podcast. They they rise to the occasion. That's what they do, and you you the the key now or not now, but the key following this run is how do you make them believe that the regular season is the occasion to rise to? Because Mike Moustakis probably needs to lay down a bunt in August. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Moustakis probably needs to dive into the dugout suite in August because I don't see him doing either of those two things in a, in a regular August game. But he did it in the playoffs, and that's the way this team operates. And, you know, it's... We can deal with how to how to convert it to the regular season later, but for now, I, I don't think you're going to see them lose focus. And when they are razor focused like they have been, they're as good as anybody. Yeah, I, 
Those those or better. Yeah, they've drawn thirty walks in eight games. This team doesn't draw thirty walks in eight games during the regular season. No. no I mean, that's no. almost four a game. That doesn't sound like a lot, but to the Royals that's a ton. I mean, what do they draw for the season? Like a little over a walk and a half? I believe in the regular season they drew seven walks. <laughs> no, I mean they they what? No, they, they drew uh let's see, three hundred and eighty walks, so that's a little um, over two a game. Yeah, a little over two a game. Two point three four a game. Two point three five a game. I mean that's a big difference. Four to two is a big difference. Oh yeah. No, it's huge. Yeah. And so and they've scored runs and they've hit home runs and they've just shown what you can do with a little bit more patient approach. They've hit for way more power. I mean Hosmer's slugging seven fifty, Moose is slugging six fifty. Uh, it's just crazy. This team is has taken a great approach to the plate. And as long as they do that and play clean baseball, they will be fine because physically this team is better than the team that they're going to play. I really believe that. I think they're more athletic. They're young. I mean, they're younger, they're stronger. I mean, I don't think the giants have more power than the Royals do. And they have a couple, I think they have, they have players with more power than anybody. The Royals have, but I don't think they have more power as a team. I think, they have players that have exhibited more power into the regular season, but I don't know if if you put Mike Moustakis in a home run contest against everybody in their lineup, I don't know he doesn't beat everybody. Oh, you're probably right. Same thing with Eric Hosmer. That's, <clears throat> but their players have have in a regular season atmosphere had better career years than their guy than the Royals guys. But top to bottom, I'd put Gordon Butler. Moose, Haas, I mean, just talent for talent over their power, guys. It's The team's finally living up to the billing that everybody had, and it's wonderful to see. It's And you know what? we got to give Dayton Moore a ton of credit and this whole staff and what they've done and stuck with these guys and kind of <laughs> spit in everybody's face. And, and yeah. now and they have all every reason to sing, you know, toss a bunch of humble pie at everybody, and they're not. They're just living it up, and I gotta, I gotta give those guys a ton of credit. So, just to back back up a little bit on what you said about thirty walks in eight games, the most they had in any eight game stretch in the regular season is twenty eight, um, and that was in games two through nine when Salvador Perez felt like walking every day. <laughs> and and the other crazy thing about that is there was a game where they walked nine times against the Indians. And they did not walk. There was no eight-game stretch around that where they walked 30 times. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know how you walk nine times in a game and don't have 30 walks in eight games around that. But they didn't. So, yeah, this is, this is new ground for this team. And they're, they're on a different level right now. Hopefully the, hopefully the layoff didn't hurt them. I don't think it did. Um, I don't, I'm not sure when this is going to get posted, but there's an article I have on Tuesday morning that uh, talks about the layoff. And... It's kind of overblown, I think, you know, because the Giants have a very similar layoff. And it's, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's going to be a non story. And unfortunately, if the Royals do come out flat, people are going to say, oh, they didn't play in five days. Well, how come the Giants didn't come out flat if they're not playing in four days? But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun series. I, I am, so incredibly pumped to see a World Series game in Kansas City. You you can't even believe it. Like I am, I'm having to keep myself in check. 
I don't blame you. That's I feel so good for you that you got you got playoff tickets and you've gotten World Series tickets and that you've been able to see all I'm so jealous of you, Dave. Hey. <laughs> you've gotten to see all this. It's amazing. It's great for so many people in Kansas City that have never got to experience this and it's just fantastic that that this is happening and that they're making this run and it's and just how they're doing it has been amazing from beating Lester to then now rolling off eight in a row I mean this has been unbelievable this has been a crazy crazy ride and let's hope it continues yeah and I think that uh we look forward to game two we talked about game one a lot. I don't want to spend a lot of time on game two because, you know, game one's the, the marquee matchup, and then it's all kind of just back to baseball once you get past game one. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the Royals can hit Jake Peavy. They have historically. They have um, – I don't know if they, I don't think they faced him this year. But in the past, they've hit him pretty well. He's he's not that good. I can I can tell you the exact date of Alcides Escobar's two-home run game against him because it was my buddy's bachelor party. And it was July 14th, 2012, and Escobar hit two home runs against Jake Peavy. I mean, it, look, I like Escobar, but if Alcides Escobar is hitting multiple home runs in a game against you, you can be beaten. No, they've, they've faced him plenty, and they've, they've, done, they've fared very well against him. I think it's uh, – I wrote the series previews recently, so I should remember this, but I feel like he has – like a 4.970 RA against the Royals. Yeah, it's it's pretty high. It's up their ways. I yeah, that was right. 14 starts, 4.970 RA, 95 hits and 83 in the third innings. He's given up 10 home runs, which, I mean, for the Royals to hit 10 home runs in 83 innings is pretty solid for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, just really hasn't been good against them in his career, and they've seen a lot of him from his days with the White Sox. I don't – I mean, I know he was great with the Giants, but I'm not afraid of Jake Peavy. No, then the Royals bludgeoned him the last time they faced him, which was uh, 2013 with the Red Sox. Ten hits, five innings, six runs, uh, zero strikeouts, two home runs. Uh, they've, they've fared very well against Jake Peavy. The Royals shouldn't have any fear. It's great that they get to face him in, in game two. Yeah. A pitcher that they have so much familiarity with that even if they do drop game one, there's a familiar face that you know you can knock around mm-hmm. in game two. I mean, back for the White Sox back in 2012, a couple starts, you know, they fared very well against them. They uh, lost one start, nine to eight, but they got three runs in six and two-thirds. Start before that against them, six runs in seven innings. This is a guy that this team can look on the mound and say, here, even if we're down one game, we know we can go out and get two. And hey, and for the Royals, just splitting at home is a win in my mind. They're such a good road team that yeah. I hey, I want them to take both games, but just get a split, and you'll come back to Kansas City and play for the rest for for the series. Oh yeah, I'm with you completely. I think that. Uh, oh man, I, I I'm just having dreams of them going up two zero right now, and and it's. It's 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 getting me going, <laughs> you know. I'm I'm amped up. I don't want to go to bed ever. Um, no, it's 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 gonna be. I think it. I think it'll be right. I think it'll be good to face Jake Peavy. Um, I'll call it right now. Eric Hosmer is gonna homer against him. 
I don't know oh, if it'll be Hosmer, but somebody's going to jack something. No, it's, it's going to be Hosmer. I'm telling you right now. Well, hey, I'm, and, I'm on board if, with that. Is that, your, is that your series MVP? Is that where you're going? Oh, man, that's a great question. I hadn't thought about that. You know, I, I want to say Billy Butler, but he's not going to play in games three through five, um, except for one at bat. Oh, boy, series MVP. No. No. I think Hosmer will deserve it, but I'm going with James Shields because he's going to go two and zero. So you're going Shields. I'm going to go. You know, I'm going to go with uh, Alex Gordon. At hey, good one too. But okay, let's talk about if James Shields were to win. If if, if that does come true and he wins the series MVP, is there a better way to leave a team than you were here for two years? You, I, I think if he wins Series MVP, that he won't be leaving the team. Well, maybe, maybe. But <laughs> let's say he does. I mean, you, you basically crescendo all the way to a World Series title and the World Series MVP, and then you go off into the sunset and sign with somebody else. I mean, could could there be a better script for I, Dayton Moore? <laughs> no, there's not. There's absolutely no better script for Dayton. Um for for that to happen it's this whole this whole ride has been <laughs> the greatest thing for Dayton Moore so um I, yeah i i just don't know the trade is won the trade is is done and it's been great for Dayton and for James Shields and like i said if he wins the mvp i would be how I think the Glass family would almost be forced to match like any offer that was out there for him because the city might erupt if they let him go. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're probably right. I, I man, man, if if he wins the series MVP, I hope that whatever big market team tosses him some ridiculous contract because it will be extremely hard for David Glass to t- turn it down. To say no, we gotta let you go. It, no, you're right. I think, especially it, after this Kyle Zimmer news. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about no, that. No, we're not going to talk about that. But I mean, it's yeah, it'll be extremely hard. But I'm going to go with Gordon. I think Gordon's going to build. He's going to finish off his statue, his left field statue. And he's going to put number four up on the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I guarantee. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. He's going to sign a contract that puts him as a retiree in Kansas City, and his number will be retired up on the board with the other guys, and he'll have a statue in left field. And it's what what, what pose is that statue? Is it diving? Is yeah, it the, it's got to be dive diving, forward. Doesn't it? It yeah. doesn't, it's got to be diving. Yeah, I think so. God, yeah. how you know. How crazy is that? He'll go down as the second best, most valuable player in Royals history, but when he retires, as far as war goes, I think, yeah, it's crazy. I wrote about it. Is the ride has been insane? Mm. It's <laughs> for yeah. him to to almost be done. I mean, not done, but everybody had given up on him. The, you can. He, he was mocked for saying he was going to dominate in 2011. Yeah. And, and rightfully so. Let, let's, let's, yeah, let's, exactly, not, exactly. let's not pretend like people were just mean-spirited. It, he should have been mocked. That was stupid. <laughs> but then it wasn't stupid. <laughs> no, and you know what? I don't know why he it happened like that. I don't know why what happened. But 
it's happened and you gotta love it. I mean, I don't know why it took him so long to get it going, but man, the outfield has been a fantastic place for Alex Gordon. And I think a series MVP would lock all that stuff in. And I think he's close to signing that contract anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if in a, if in like three weeks you hear that he signed a new four year, $70 million deal or something like that. Um, the thing about Alex Gordon, and this is way in the future, but Eric Hosmer's not going to be here long term. I mean, yeah. even if he does sign an extension, it's not going to buy out eight years of free agency. It's going to buy out two years of free agency or even one year. I, I could see, I, I know Alex Gordon stays in great shape, but players age. And he, before moving to the outfield, was considered a better defensive first baseman than anybody in the organization, too. So you might be looking at your long term first base answer when Hosmer leaves and Alex Gordon as well. Once once they once he once he starts declining in left field, yeah, I'm totally there. Um, along that lines with retiring, though, what we haven't talked about this day the Dayton Moore rumors. Yeah, yeah, you know it's interesting because you wonder why if the Braves are going to sign. How you say that? Is it Capalela? I have no idea. Well, however you say their assistant general manager's name, I probably mm-hmm. should look that up. If they were going to hire him, why not just? do it yeah. and and some rumblings that i've heard and i'm not i don't want to i didn't want to put it out there i'll put it out here here because it's a podcast and it's a little bit different I, i've heard that there could be a scenario where they would like dayton Moore to come in the braves they would like dayton Moore to come in in that senior vp role that the Epstein has with the cubs andrew friedman now has with the dodgers That's a very popular role of all of us right and and kind of mentor capalela or however you say that i now, isn't Sherholtz – what role is Sherholtz in? I, I think he's just a, a vice president or president or something. Okay. I, I think that it would be a new position created for Dayton Moore in, that, in the mold of the Theo Epstein Andrew Friedman. Um, and you got to wonder, why haven't the Braves moved? And and the other thing is, and maybe maybe it's just because why would he, but Dayton Moore hasn't said anything on this topic. That's what has got me a little bit worried is – that he hasn't said anything, and, and he, right, and you think, well, why not come? If you're not going to do it, why not come out and say, "Thanks, guys. I'm really not interested. I got this World Series team here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for everything you did to help me develop as general manager, but I'm sticking this through." Well, that and it's a good for him not to say anything. Let's face it; it's a good negotiating tactic. He wins the World Series. He's only got what one year left on his contract, or he's two. Got he's two. through 2016. So, Yost only has one year. Yost yeah. is getting a new deal as soon as the season's over. Yeah. So if they both win, if they win the World Series, they're both getting new deals. Oh if, yeah. If they want to stay. Well, either way, they're both getting new deals because I think you're going to see Dayton Moore extended through 2018 and Ned Yost as well. 2018 might be like this small market. He might want more. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, I, I think that. Uh, I think you're going to see them extended together through for the same amount of time. You're right. Maybe Dayton Moore asked for an extra year, an extra year or two. But look, whether you like it or not, this run means that Dayton Moore and Ned Yost keep running the Royals. And you know, David Glass came out and said I, he's not leaving. And I, I don't know if that's encouraging as far as if you want Dayton Moore to stay or not. Because, you know, I don't know that Dave, David Glass doesn't speak for Dayton Moore. But I do know based on the guy, the kind of guy Dayton Moore is, I don't see him taking the job. I think the Braves are grasping at straws because they want him back so badly. And I think that that's why they're, they're holding out. But 
I think ultimately Dayton Moore is going to be back in Kansas City next year and for the next five years after that probably. And then and and the same for Ned Yost. Now, if if on the off chance he does leave, I I really don't see the Royals going outside the organization after they've seen the the fruits of this rebuilding project come to a World Series. I think I think the odds-on favorite to be the general manager of Dayton Moore leaves is JJ Piccolo. Yeah, it'd be Piccolo, Arbuckle, somebody from within. Um, that uh, maybe Watson, who is kind of Dayton's right-hand man. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, there's it, it'll be filled from it within. If it went, they went outside, I'd be shocked. I, I think everybody'd be shocked because then you would be talking about if you filled the, up that position from outside, there'd be you'd have to fulfill your whole staff because it'd be just a max act. The one thing Dayton has done, and you you cannot like Dayton and what he's done in the past. That's fine if if you're kind of in that camp, but look at this front office he's built. It is a, an elite front office of of guys with great great track records. And if Dayton would leave and they would hire somebody from outside. You would lose so many people with good baseball knowledge that it would just—it'd probably just crumble. I mean, let's yeah, face no, it. Yeah, you're, no, you're absolutely right. Well, one thing I could see happening anyway is, you know, maybe maybe the Braves don't get Dayton Moore, and they say, "All right, well, let's talk to JJ." Maybe I, we're going to get the number two, and JJ came from the from the Braves organization. You know, he why not? Why, why, why wouldn't he be a good choice? He interviewed for the Astros job. Didn't get it, obviously. Um, but so I, I could see a scenario, too, and I haven't heard anything on this front. just kind of popped in my head where maybe I talked about the Braves maybe wanting Dayton Moore to be their senior VP and, and Kapahula um, <laughs> as our general manager. Maybe the Royals do something where Dayton Moore is no longer general manager, but he's the, he's, he's the senior VP here, and, and J.J. Piccolo gets promoted, so the Royals don't lose him. Oh, I mean, I, I'm not and, saying it's going to happen, but you know, if, if if the Braves don't get Dayton Moore and they don't feel completely comfortable with with their internal candidates, maybe JJ McCullough is their guy, and the Royals might not want to let him go, and so maybe they they maybe they promote him general manager in that case. That, that's a very good scenario that the Royals are probably going to have to look at regardless, because if they want to keep this staff together, the yeah. Scott Sharps, the Piccolos, the Dayton Moores, Watson, all these guys then the chain will have to bump up. Otherwise, J.J. is probably a GM within a year or two somewhere else. Yeah, and, success success does it for you. Yeah. You could have nothing to do with it, but if you've got the right title and you interview well, you're going to have a GM job. That, and these guys are well-liked without throughout baseball. Right. That That's a huge, huge component in it. And, I mean, you look around the league, uh, looking, looking after next season, you know, I don't know how long the Reds – GM is going to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long uh, uh, Terry Ryan wants to stay in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know, he he came back. Maybe he doesn't want to do it anymore. Maybe, and the Twins look and say, "Oh well, the Royals rebuilt. Let's let's get JJ Piccolo to rebuild or Scott Sharp to rebuild." Um, you know, who who knows? Who knows what 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 openings come available? I maybe. Maybe the Angels fall back again and Jerry DePoto gets fired. And the Angels say, all right, well, we want... And Sosha loves the style of play the Royals play. Maybe he says, all right, let's go after a Royals guy. Let's rebuild this team the way I want it. You know, there are a lot of a lot of positions that could come open here in the next, in the next uh, 16, 18 months that 
Royals guys, because of the Royals' success, will will be top candidates for. And I, and I think that they're attractive jobs, and there's no reason why they wouldn't leave. So if the Royals want to keep this front office in, intact, yeah, I think Dayton Moore's going to have to get promoted, and I think somebody else is going to have to get promoted general manager. I 100% agree. Um, but uh, that's more off-season news. Dave, you have anything else? I think that's kind of we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I do have one more thing. <laughs> and... I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, I just, I just want to say that this is serious now. I just want to say that doing this podcast throughout a World Series season is one of my greatest joys as a baseball fan, uh, writer for Pine Tar Press, owner for Pine Tar Press. You know everything, and this is a little bit sappy, but I. I'm glad that we get to do it together because I can't imagine partnering up with anybody throughout this run other than you. Man, I'm right there with you. I want to thank you. I want to thank our listeners who listen to us every week or two weeks or whenever we decide to put out an episode. Or twice a week. Uh, yes. We've been going crazy lately. <laughs> so it's been, this has been everything that we've always wanted and we've planned for. And then hated that it was never going to happen, and now it's happening again, and or not again, but uh, just how we envisioned. And it's uh, happening again for the first time. Yeah, it's <laughs> happening again for the first time, and and I just want to. I'm right there, Dave. Thank you very much for sharing these airways with me every week, and thanks for these fans and Royals fans in general, because this has been a great ride, and uh, hopefully we got uh, four more wins to listen to. Yeah, it, it's it's been, man. It, it makes it all worth it, doesn't it? You know, we mm-hmm. put in. I mean, I don't I don't know how many how much time people think we put into this site, but some some more than others. But you and I put in an awful lot of time, and you know, we 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 put articles out there almost daily. We do this at least weekly for the most part. Here and there, there's a little glitch, but uh, you know, it, it's it's a labor of love and we're finally getting repaid and it's just, it's, it's such a great feeling. It's such a, a surprising, but welcome feeling. And, uh, you know, it, it hopefully, hopefully the organization tastes the success and never wants to go back to 75 and 87 and never, I mean, obviously they never want to, but hopefully they do everything they can to make sure they never go back to 75 and 87. And, you know, I, I don't ever want to go back to writing about a losing team because it's, it's yeah, sometimes there are more topics, but it's not nearly as much fun. And uh, I don't know. It's just pretty damn cool that we just recorded a World Series podcast, and I, I hope that we record them for many years to come. People just will never, I can't, ex, you know, explain how much time that you and I put into this team. And from me driving up to Burlington in 2007 to watch Mike Moustakis, or 2008, and and walk, driving up to see Eric Hosmer the next year, and Will Myers the year after that, and and the tra- traveling to surprise on our dollar, and how much money you and I put into, and how much time we put into, and we did all that for these feelings of fandom that we're getting over this last two week period, or however many days it's been, and. I want to thank the Royals. I mean, this is yeah. 
This is, I want to thank Mike Moustakas personally after this <laughs> is all done because, you know what, I drove up to see that guy play third base for Burlington. And, you know, for him to, and my, and Hosmer to, to get on this run is everything that we'd always hoped for. Yeah, it's been, it's been just phenomenal. And, and we owe some, we owe some people with some apologies, but maybe we can do that in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get around to those, but uh, we'll come at you guys, hopefully, uh, maybe later this week, if not de- next week, for sure. Yep. You have been listening to a Royals Podcast Network presentation. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.